past died. That's the only way to become what you were meant to be. Darkness rises. And light to meet it. I need someone to show me my place in all this. Come on! This is not going to go the way you think. And we're back. Welcome again to the Electric Shadows podcast. And uh, we are here for what I'm assuming will be, in typical uh, character, a mini-sode on Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yes, so in the spirit of full disclosure, we have just done our top ten of the year podcast and... We are now giving some time over to The Last Jedi because we didn't have enough time to do it around the time that the film came out, but just felt as if we couldn't let a Star Wars movie, a Star Wars movie go without at and least saying a little bit about it, particularly as this is a film that has inspired a lot of passion. Sort of laying my position out for me. I'd say a, a very good, if not excellent, Star Wars film. I think, yeah, I think so. This is an excellent Star Wars film. And it was a Star Wars film that originally didn't make my top ten of the year the first time I saw it but now I've seen it three times um, it comes in at, in at number nine as my film of the year on my list of the year I think a lot of the people that have issues with this film should watch it more than once because the first time I saw it I had real issues with the pacing of the film and to be honest I still do have a few issues with the pacing of the film I think the two and a half hours is too long for this particular story but on a second and third viewing it flowed a hell of a lot better than it did on that first viewing. And I think part of that was because it does things that are quite different from other Star Wars films. The Force Awakens was half a remake of A New Hope and kind of traded a lot on on the nostalgia, but I still really, really like The Force Awakens. This was doing something new, and I think I was quite impatient with what it was doing, and I wanted to get there and get to the end so I could make up my mind. I mean, as you could say, and again, is this a spoiler podcast? Oh yeah, and that's a that's uh, yeah. the thing. We are going to just because we're only going to do about I don't know, fifteen minutes. Just imagine the sort of the Death Star and sound. Mm, mm, mm. There are going to be lots of spoilers in this. <laughs> um, I'd say, and uh, uh, the first of which I'd say, this film is essentially, if we're going to sort of you know, be if we're going to be very reductive, we're going to boil it down. This film is essentially. Um, Almost Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in one. Yeah. In terms of the ground it covers. You get, you get to the end of the second act of this film and you go, I've still got an act to go. Are you, you're, not, you're not doing another one. Leave some, leave some story. And that's another reason why a lot of people have hated this. And, and you look at the internet reaction and there is hate for this movie. Like, the people are saying it's worse than the prequels. It destroys the Star Wars legacy. Um, it betrays the character of Luke Skywalker and also one of the things on like a slightly lower rung but it still is annoying people is that Supreme Leader Snoke is killed in this movie and everyone's saying but you didn't know who he was or where he came from and it's like well if you if you think back to Return of the Jedi and Empire you didn't know who the Emperor was he just came out of nowhere and it didn't improve your appreciation of those films when you did find out who the Emperor was you know in a way, actually, because ultimately the answer the is always going to be either somebody intimately re- connected to the Skywalker family in a way that's again f- a bit 
limiting. Yeah. Or some guy. Some guy who was ambitious and power hungry. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, no, we don't know if Snoke is an alien and always look, well, he's an alien. Or how he came about such a twisted look. But who cares? <laughs> because that's... The, Snoke is just same... some guy. Ray's parents were probably nobodies. Well, we know for a fact they were yeah. nobodies. Well, we... we, um, we, we Unless they, unless they, because that's the thing. J.J. Abrams obviously did Force Awakens, and Ryan Johnson kind of made, you know, he obviously had certain notes he had to fulfil, but he kind of was given. Like, you get the impression fairly free reign with this one. So unless J.J. Abrams takes it back and goes, well, no, I set up all that stuff in, in my film, and then you all knocked it down. You knocked it down like a petulant, you know, like a petulant sibling in your film. You went, no, Ray's parents, no. <laughs> so now I'm going to put it back up again and go, yeah, Ray parents, Ray's parents, yeah. Do you know what, Ray's parents? It is actually Ben Kenobi. Yeah. No! Uh, it's so stupid if it is. Because lots of people saying, we thought it was going to be Ben Kenobi. It's like, really? Well, that would have been shit, wouldn't it? Why did you think that? Because it would have been shit. Because this because this galaxy needs to get bigger at some point. It can't all be about... Which is something that, this, that I think The Last Jedi does incredibly well. The Last Jedi Thanks. really yeah. expands it and takes it beyond the Skywalker family and says that there is a universe and a whole, you know, a whole cast of characters out there Beyond, I mean, the Skywalkers are gone now. Yeah. I mean, in far as, you know, so Luke, again, spoilers, if you are still listening, <laughs> uh, Luke is dead. Luke has died. Luke has passed on, has become one with the Force. And yeah, Leia uh, is, is still alive in universe, but obviously they can't bring, they can't really give Carrie Fisher much of a role in the next film. Yes. You know, sorry, she's sadly again passed on. Um, so the role of the, of, the, of, the, of the Skywalkers in the galaxy is essentially over. Yeah. Unless, unless you know, one of them has it. Well, technically, I don't know. Kylo's the closest we've got left to a Skywalker, and he's the baddie. He's half Skywalker. Yeah, that's right. And I don't think. See, the thing with this film, um, I think the Luke Skywalker will come back as a Force ghost, if only to appease fans and to really annoy. I, I, I do like the idea of Force ghosts also potentially being an irritant because when... <laughs> yeah, it's like just really annoying Kylo, and we'll get onto that in just a second in terms of uh, of the plot of this film. If you strike me down, I become more annoying than you could possibly imagine. I will become more of a pain in your ass than, <laughs> than you could possibly, possibly imagine. There is a really quite amusing little thing going around the internet, which is the opening crawl of Episode Nine of J.J. Abrams' next Star Wars film, and it says Episode Nine, the next Star Wars film. It was all a dream. Anyway, the First Order are working on a second Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because people are asking. Oh, there is a petition to get this removed from canon. And it's like, so you are fine with the prequels being canon with all of the terrible, terrible decisions that were in those films? But this film, which... And I think the thing is, I never read a Star Wars novel. And lots of people did read Star Wars novels, and they expanded the universe in a certain direction. So Luke Skywalker founded a Jedi Academy. And the Jedi became a Knight's Order again. And he is utterly different to how he is in The Last Jedi, where he has become a hermit, has become this guy who lives on an island, who has completely rejected the Force. He is a cantankerous old git, who's just removed who's himself from... Milking the... ju- aquatic, <laughs> see, aquatic, you know... And drinking their green milk. And he has basically removed himself from the fight because he, was, he thinks that he is responsible for Ben Solo's turning to the dark side. And therefore, by extension, he's responsible for the rise of the First Order, 
and then he and as he finds out in this film he is responsible for the death of Han. And I mean these films. I mean the Last Jedi especially. I love you know I, I love the idea of extended universe and I'm, va- I'm vaguely familiar with certain aspects of it but that's just fan service that's done for the die-hard fans who wanted to who wanted more Star Wars in whatever form and were willing to this needs to be for everyone and within the Star Wars universe or within you know what Star Wars can be as a brand I think this is as ambitious and as bold as we were going to get and in so far as you know it's a film that deals with the ideas of failure of Luke having failed of Luke not being this grand infallible hero. When Yoda turns up, he uh, he says you need to teach the idea of failure too. And as my my friend Alex has said, he might mention it on a podcast he's done on this. From that point on, for the next twenty minutes, half an hour, everybody fails. All the heroes fail at whatever they set out to do. Well, I think actually that that actually occurs throughout the film, even before Yoda turns up. At the beginning of the film, there is an impressive space battle in which the resistance do defeat a formidable ship, but the cost is is so high that it's a failure, and Poe Dameron is one of those characters who you kind of think so he's going to be the new Han Solo. But in this film, he is someone who he's is reckless. One of the themes of this film is this isn't going to go the way you think. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also think about things before you do them, and don't just you know, rush in and go for the most destructive option. It's actually it's a film that says there is a better way than just destroying something and you need to have the patience to look at your options and not just rush in because it subverts the hero's journey and so many of the tropes and plot points from the early film you know like in the original film you know you go for a big ambitious space battle you blow up the other bad guy the bad guys and that's the end of it or you sneak on board the enemy base and you do the thing and you'll succeed in that because you've got in this you know those things fall apart Mm. and Ultimately, isn't that far more dramatically interesting? I mean, the, going back to the death of Snoke again, that's a scene that made you know that, that really made thr- thrilled me because once you when you figure out what Kylo's going to do, it it's like my, my God, they're they're, they're taking this it's a, what is a narrative risk. They yeah. are not doing. They're not following the formula. They've gone off. <laughs> Ryan Johnson's gone <laughs> off piste. Yes, they are way off the reservation right now because. Rather than having Snoke be the thing that enables Kylo to redeem himself, sorry, but we've just been there and done that back in 1983, Snoke is just another stepping stone to Kylo becoming the supreme force for the dark side in the universe. You mean just you killing the bad, the badder person doesn't immediately make you a good person? <laughs> yeah, sorry, there is a slightly reductive thing there, but in Jedi it works so well, and that's fine. You know, if like um, Goebbels had shot, turned around and shot Hitler, we, we wouldn't all be going, he's good, we've forgiven him, it's alright. And that's another reason why the prequels don't work, because you know that Darth Vader's done some dark shit. When you see the dark shit is done, it's like, I'm sorry, but the redemption of Darth Vader doesn't, doesn't land In all fairness, well. there was a lot of sand. There was a lot of sand. And I, I think... And again, it's, the, that, sorry, it's, it's that great meme that went around uh, it's just a still of Luke Skywalker with Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber and it's this is your father's lightsaber he murdered 30 children <laughs> with it and it's like yes that was that was responsible for 30 kids dying because of that terrible scene that ruinous scene in episode 3 that's the thing is that this went into much more interesting directions and I mean, I'm not sure that Kylo can come back now from where he is and I don't think that should be the arc. And and there there, there is there is you know what you could un, you could uncharitably call a touch of the prequels or the George Lucas tinkered versions in this in terms of some of the world building and some of the terms of the, the cutesy animals or the the heavily populated casino on the Canto Bight that's just full of 
you know, very, very cool, very cool stuff that it feels a bit churlish to complain about. But you, you could have cut it without without anything, you know, without losing much dramatically. I, I think you could have shortened that scene. And that scene did flow better on the second viewing, but we've talked about, on the previous podcast, Dunkirk and doing things for real. And a lot of this seemed to be done for real. But that scene was very, very heavily CGI. To the point where I thought we are really close to the black hole pull of the prequels right now. Could we get away from this? Because The Force Awakens showed how you can do a Star Wars film and how it looked like a Star Wars film and we don't need to have that horrible look of, of the prequels anymore. And there's that great shot through the casino that sort of recalls wings in terms of, you know, sort of the broom with it with it going through, with the camera sort of passing through the middle of the casino. Yes, indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 again, thing, and there's also a lot of, I'd say, perhaps more notably in any of the other, than in maybe any of the other Star Wars films, you know, sorry, not sorry to blaspheme, there's a directorial vision at work here in terms of things that are being referenced in terms of this is Ryan Johnson's creation. This is Ryan Johnson's Star Wars. It is, and I thought that... I mean, you could argue, you know, obviously it's difficult to say within the studio system, but certainly more than Marvel, this is not... You could say this is an auteur film. Well, yeah, it is. I think I think that his themes are in there. I think there's, there's a lot of crossover from Looper in this film in terms of people running away from the, from the big bad that's out to get them and actually finding out that the way to do it is not to face them head on, but is to think around them. The recklessness of the young... Yeah, that's one from Brick and... Uh, well, and, and again from Looper. Yep, yeah, indeed. Um, and I think... So it's uh, it's also one of those things where we are now in a world where where Star Wars films are being made by proper filmmakers. Because, yeah, it's blasphemous as it's going to sound. But the original trilogy were made by journeymen who were proper just hired to do a job. And yeah, George Lucas could actually direct a film then. I think when he came to the prequels, he couldn't he was just completely beguiled by all the technical Wizardry, opportunities yeah. that were offered him and it just completely stymied any real kind of vision he had for those films. But now we have J.J. Abrams who is just a very, very good visual stylist. Um, and Gareth Edwards is a great director for a sense of scale and how to make a sense of scale believable on and on, and, monster on movie, and monster movies. And if you know, yeah. I think the parts of, of Rogue One that work best is anything involving Darth Vader. Well, yeah, indeed. It's, well, yeah, because it has that amazing scene at the end in that corridor, which is one of the best moments of any Star Wars film. Then you have this film, which I think, I think you're right, this is an auteurish Star Wars film. And he's dealing with the things that have always been there, like the tensions and the push and pull between the master and the pupil, and how that would manifest itself on the light side and the dark side. You know, with Rey, she just flees to go back into the fight because she can't change um, Luke's mind. But with Kylo, he kills his master and supplants him. And Raiders wouldn't do that. That's that's not what she's about. She is, you know, she she doesn't operate from selfishness because she actually goes to help because she thinks that she can turn Kylo. These are good character beats that he's working in. There is there is a sequence. There's a there's a bit in uh, in the new in Last Jedi where she kind of she goes into the dark the well, yeah. which kind of recalls you know Luke's similar scene going into the cave in, in Empire, and she comes across that mirror and that sort of infinite reflection of herself. And when she's looking for the other who her parents are, and I'm thinking like. Oh God! Didn't she didn't create herself? Did we? We're back on midichlorians. Oh God! Yeah. And the other thing is that yeah, it's also great that it understands what the Force is a lot more than those fucking prequels with all those midichlorians. There's a great line that Luke has where he says, "The Force doesn't start and stop with the Jedi Order. It's incredibly egotistical to think that the Force is something that binds everything. It is available to everyone, and that's what I like about this film is that you don't need to be of a certain blood type." 
or a certain family name. This is not a classist thing that we've got here. The Force is available to everyone. It's an egalitarian Star Wars film. And, that, and that's the thing. Yeah, it does open it up, and it does. And you know, Luke gets bitchy you know, about that. You know, that, that Skywalker blood, that mighty Skywalker blood. And maybe certain, I don't know, lineages have a have a propensity towards, or a sort of, more force sensitive. A more force sensitive. But yeah, and that's that. You'd think at this point that the Jedi would be fucking wary about anybody who extre- who shows extreme promise in the Force or any prophecy yeah. because it always backfires on them. It's always like, oh, you know, things are looking pretty good for us at the moment. We've been in the Ascendancy for a while. Let's just take this this completely untried, untested, hugely powerful youth. <laughs> if there is a prophecy, you know, the prophecy of the Chosen One, the Sith definitely are the ones to put that about because it's like, yeah, do you know what? We'll, uh, they'll, 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 they'll beat us back. But then they'll fuck up. They'll they'll, <laughs> they'll 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 read the prophecy and go, "Oh, should we try to show the whole chosen one thing again?" Despite the fact that every time we do it, they turn to the fucking dark side. Well, I think the thing there is that uh, Luke actually says that, doesn't he? He says Jedi Order is beset by failure, which I think also annoyed the fans. He said we allowed, and it's going right back to the prequels. In our hubris, we thought everything we were controlling things so well that we allowed the Empire to build up around us and we didn't even know it again that's again again that goes back to the, the fact that you say the fans in the extended universe and the, but that's not that and the Jedi did this this and this and it's like but that's not like this is a deconstruction of that and again and, well, and, and maybe you know it's and, a discarding of that this yeah. is and Disney were very very clear when they first bought Lucasfilm they said we are starting a game with this so you've got that over there which is why I think that Disney should do the honourable thing and remake the prequels uh-huh. and do it fucking properly and so we don't have all these horrible questions like, so Padme just had two kids and then she died of a broken heart because her fella turned out to be a bit of a shit. She is a terrible mother. <laughs> a terrible, terrible mother. And also, he was a kid when she first met him. That's a bit odd, isn't it? <laughs> Let's just admit that the prequels were shit and please, Disney, could you give us an alternate prequels? And, and they're always going to be no, there for the fans. That's the, the thing. Like, I, I like, I and also, I, can we I also think, have the original cuts of the films as well? I think we're finally <laughs> past the prequels now because it's Ryan Johnson is signed up to do a further trilogy beyond this. And that's the thing that I'm worried about. Are they going to honour that now that there's been such divisiveness? Um, are they going to stick with it? Because they should do, because he's made a great Star Wars movie. I just hope they don't kind of wobble on it and say... Well, he pissed off so many people who were so vocal. I mean, there are people who are setting up killer bots to go on to Rotten Tomatoes and vote down the audience score. Yeah, but that's part. That's that's a that's part. That's largely a political thing. But because... the fact you can do that and like just have you know, one account actually is like a hundred accounts that is just just voting and voting and voting. I think people need to vote with their bucks with their dollars on with their bucks on this one with their with oh, their money. Yeah, yeah. And as I think, you know, I think we we already have. Well, yeah, because we saw it at the IMAX, and that was... uh, I've I've seen it three times, I only paid once. I've seen it twice, I paid twice. So, well, I didn't... One of them was Cinema Unlimited, but I paid... I paid in theory, yeah, theoretically paid for it. But also, like, yeah, we've written reviews, and the reviews have been very positive, and they've gone out there. Going to see Star Wars The Last Jedi. If you haven't seen Star Wars, why are you listening to this? (laughs) It's very flattering, (laughs) but... do you know what? Because, I hope, because we've just spoiled it for yeah, you. Yeah, we, we've just spoiled it for you. But that's the thing. It's a film that I enjoyed more the second time. I got more out, of it, more out of it the second time. If I get a chance to see it again before it leaves cinemas, I'm sure I'll get even more out of it the third time. And everybody go and see Star Wars The Last Jedi again and participate in the discussion surrounding it. And I just want to hear from people who aren't extended universe as, as aficionados. 
Because I think that if you don't know the extended universe, then I think that your enjoyment of this film is going to be more because I was like, well, but Luke did this, this, and this. It's like, no, he didn't. He did that over there. But this is a film. This is different. This is like comics and and films that have superheroes in them. They're two different mediums, I'm afraid. And also the bit at the end with Luke is just great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just great. He's so cool in that moment. And it's and again, it all boils down to the theme of the film that it's that you don't attack. You let the enemies weakness and hubris defeat themselves and thinking come on that's that's quite a bold strategy isn't it to have an ending where the person kind of refuses to fight in a very very clever way i just think there's so much good stuff in this film and it does improve with the second viewing the first time i really enjoyed it but i had real issues with that pacing the second time it flowed a lot better and the third time as well and i was thinking yeah i'm going back to the imax one more time but I don't know, I have time. But it'll be Blu-ray time in, I don't know, May or whatever, so that'd be fine. We'll come, we'll come back, we'll touch back in at that point. Yes, indeed, yeah. we do like a full look at it. Cool. Can I try my Yoda laugh before we go? I, I've, been, I've been working on it. I think you do. Okay. Uh, if it's terrible, we're cutting this and there'll be no reference to it, obviously, in the podcast. Yeah, this, this stays in. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that good. That was the worst Yoda laugh I've ever done. <laughs> that stays in. <laughs> No, I've lost the ability. That's great. I've robbed myself of the ability to do it in front of an audience. Like, go on, Rob. I think you should give it one more go. Nope. 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 No. It's gone too high. It's, it's going... Nope. You know what? It's gone. Thank you for joining us for this for this brief, ultimately humiliating analysis of The Last Jedi. You know, it's about, fa- it's about learning from failure. It is about learning from failure. That... Rob has encapsulated the entire theme of the film through that and he will learn from his failure and next time for the Blu-ray release he'll have an amazing Yoda laugh. Anyway, thank you for that Rob, that was really really good and we will be back talking to you people soon probably about, I don't know, Darkest Hour? We need to talk about Darkest Hour We we have opinions, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll touch back in in January probably and early look at some of the Oscar contenders. Yes, indeed, that's a good point. Yes, we will do. Um, until then, cheers as always, and we'll speak to you again soon. <laughs> nope, I've lost it. It's gone. <laughs>